Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracksforthejourney.com. Thanks for listening today. That December evening in southwest Missouri, there was magic in the air. The people who filled the church pews had exchanged their holiday events for the celebration of a wedding. The bride looked beautiful, and the groom smiled in nervous excitement. On December 23, 1971, Jan and I were standing in front of that crowd to pledge our vows in holy matrimony. Welcome to Tracks for the Journey. I'm Larry Payne, your host. Tracks for the Journey is starting year number three, and I'm so glad you're on board. Over the next few months, we're going to explore some exciting trails on our journey to well-being. I'll be using progressive Christian spirituality, history, psychology, and science to bring things that help you have a better life. I appreciate you taking your time to be a part of this journey. Yes, you heard the year of that special wedding event correctly. Fifty years have passed since we said those magic words, I do. In this episode, let's use our time to dig into the relationship called marriage and what any couple can do to keep the fires burning for five decades or longer. You're probably aware that marriage is a high-risk decision, but that doesn't slow the pace of weddings. More than two and a half million couples walk the aisle each year in the United States and spend more than $55 billion in doing so. Americans love weddings now just as much as those guests did when we married in 1971. I should note, however, that our cost in that year was only $500, everything included. So let's talk for a moment about the challenges couples face today. Life can interfere with the deep love professed at the marriage altar. Population statistics show that couples in their first marriage who divorce average being together about eight years before they split. The better news is that about two-thirds of all adults who marry are still married today. So even after 40 years have passed, one-third of all couples are still celebrating life together. Marriage is somewhat risky, but so many couples succeed. Jan and I had some good factors going for us, according to the census reports. We were older than 18, pursuing a career in ministry, from white, middle-class families, and college-educated. People in those categories tend to divorce less. The Missouri town where we married is only 12 miles from Oklahoma, which is good, 
because according to the statistics, Okies have one of the highest divorce rates in the nation right now. In case you're interested, the career path with the highest rate of divorce is among professional dancers. Now, neither one of us would qualify for this in spite of the fact that we took dance lessons a few years ago. For all divorces, the top reasons include unresolved conflict and infidelity. Those are not unexpected statistics. But it may shock us to know that the average contested divorce with custody issues costs more than $20,000. Adding financial hardship to the terrible emotional cost that a couple goes through. That is a high cost. But sometimes it is a necessity. And saying those vows does have a risk, but that risk must be compared to the great joys that could lie in the relationship that's stable. Marriage has many joys and blessings. So in a moment, let's switch gears to talk about how to keep our marriages strong and durable. I found some vital skills that I want to share in the minutes ahead. Welcome back to our segment about marriage. As I celebrate more than 50 years of marriage to my wonderful wife, Jan. Research has shown that a foundational skill must be in place to stay connected in a relationship. And by connected, I mean the interaction between two people, a flow of psychological stimulation that happens in me when I am aware of you and vice versa. Like a light bulb when the switch is flipped, my mind reacts when I connect to another person. Connections can be as simple as a smile, as deep as an argument over vacation plans, or as complicated as lovemaking. Every moment our proverbial antennas are seeking signals and sending out messages. World-renowned psychologist Dr. John Gottman and his team studied thousands of hours of recorded conversation between married couples. As reported in his book, The Relationship Cure, and, and many other works that he's done, they found that one person makes a bid for attention, which awaits response from a partner. For example, when Katrina comes home from her shift, she greets her wife, Lacey, with a simple, Hi, I'm home. That is a bid asking basically for Lacey's attention. Lacey can respond by turning her attention toward her partner with a bright smile and a hug, or she could simply mumble, hi, or even react negatively like saying, you're always late. The example shows we react to a bid in Gottman's terms by turning attention toward the other, away from them, or against that person. To continue our story, Katrina can't help but react. If Lacey turns toward her with a smile, she'll feel validated and accepted, open to more connection. In reacting to Lacey turning away with only a mumbled and cool response, she will probably feel confused and uncertain about what's going on. In the final scenario of Lacey turning against her in criticism, Katrina will feel angry and diminished or even vindictive in responding. We can only imagine how differ different will be the outcome with each of these bids and reactions.
The world of social psychology was astounded when Gottman shared this analysis of his research. Couples who had happy and stable relationships turned toward each other 50 to 100 times during a two-hour dinner conversation. In contrast to that, couples heading for divorce had positive reactions to each other only about 17 times. Gottman found he could predict whether a marriage would survive based on this bid and reaction frequency. In his words, I believe that failure to connect is a major cause of our culture's high divorce rate. To dial back 53 years and channel Dr. Gottman, I was astounded that Jan turned towards my bids for attention on our first date. We were at her house on a warm June evening. Jan was interested in my discussion about the high school newspaper, football, or church. In turn, I was interested in her work with the yearbook, her observations about mutual friends, and so on. She didn't even run away when I stole a quick kiss. We turned toward each other that night and other evenings and events with affirmative attention. We scheduled another date, and the magic continued. Another factor I should bring up is critical in building this ratio of positive bids. Men, it is really up to us. Women tend to turn toward a husband about the same ratio in a happy or unhappy relationship. It's the man who's the swing factor, according to Gottman. In the two-hour dinner conversation mentioned a moment ago, the happy guy turned toward his wife 82 times while the unhappy guy only 19. I think the burden of a marriage succeeding or failing falls heavily on the man's side of this table. Let me share with you an exciting development. Tracks for the Journey 2021 has been published. I've taken 22 different segments of the Tracks for the Journey podcast and some other material and put it together in a book form. I think you'll enjoy looking back over these topics and reading again what we can find for our well-being. The topics vary from climate change to sleep to identity to history There's so many things that are covered. So I want you to take a moment and look on Amazon.com and decide whether you would like the Kindle edition or the paperback. You can order it right there on Amazon. Just look for Tracks for the Journey 2021 by Larry Payne and you can enjoy reading back what we talked about last year. move on to a second key aspect of an enduring marriage. It is the decision to keep the relationship as a priority. In today's world, a thousand external factors scream for our attention. Work demands, enticing entertainment, expectations of extended family or friends, those would just be a few examples of the attention-stealing world we live in. Jan, who has lived these 50-plus years with me, brought this to my attention. And unfortunately, 
she knows what it is to be in second place at times behind what I perceived as my inescapable duties at work or just the fun I wanted to have with a hobby or sporting event. The temptation is always there for husband or wife to put the most precious relationship on the back burner. An answer for this pressure is offered by Gottman from his detailed research. He describes rituals of engagement in which couples can develop to keep their attention focused on each other. He defines a ritual as a regular and meaningful engagement between two people. Common examples of rituals within a marriage might be a good night kiss, a shared cup of coffee in the morning, attending church together on Sunday, or the Saturday afternoon bowling league. For Christy and Lacey, the couple that I mentioned earlier, their ritual of working a crossword puzzle each evening was filled with laughter and conversation that drew them together. This kind of shared action doesn't have to be complicated or time-consuming, but it offers the possibility of a significant exchange. It is time and attention to build the us rather than just the I and the me. We connect emotionally, even when the ritual is just woven in to the fabric of everyday life. You may find it valuable to take a moment and reflect on the rituals you have in your relationship. Identify what they are, and then consider ways to make these actions more significant and meaningful. Try to move beyond the surface of life to share the feelings and worries, the joys and the humor of life together. Each small action can strengthen the bridge between the two of you. Now, as a personal story, since early days, Jan and I have done our activities of getting ready for bed at basically the same time. After the kids were in bed, that was for us, like many parents, the best time of the day to talk and to relax and to plan. Even if we just picked up the scattered debris from our kids' busy activities, the minutes to connect linked us together. After the nest became empty, the time was more flexible, but still such a special time to connect as we finished our day. It was time to look back, but also time to look forward, and sometimes time to look deeply within what was troubling us. These rituals of engagement make a relationship strong. final thing I would say in our episode today about 50 years of marriage and building a stable relationship is to focus on the shared functions and responsibilities. The age of patriarchy, giving males extra authority and power, is coming to an end, and I say amen. The equality of male and female in the family and society has been advancing for centuries in Western culture. The stereotype of women as less capable, domestic, or too emotional has been shattered across all areas of society, and this is wonderful. Misogyny is just plain wrong. Jesus lived this out as he elevated women followers to as high a status as possible in that ancient culture. 
Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church, affirmed that men and women were equally endowed with that Spirit of God. The Apostle Paul urged couples to mutually submit themselves one to the other in Ephesians chapter 5. It truly is tragic that church teaching was locked for centuries in a cultural model that considered women as property. Maybe we're finally following Jesus with an egalitarian model which honors the unique gifts and talents of each partner in a marriage and each person in our entire society. For Christian marriages in 2022, this means a sharing of work, duties around the house, parenting, financial arrangements, sexual practices, spiritual devotion, and holding an equal vote for daily decisions. I consider it such a blessing that Jan and I were fortunate to share this perspective. I don't know where we learned it, but each of us had our own areas of expertise, and we worked together to share the burdens across the whole load. Now, I do admit our roles were stereotypical. The yard was my domain, the kitchen hers. I could change a diaper, but a poopy one I kind of left for her. Most of the time, we couldn't consider making a major decision without lots of conversation. Now, I will confess, I haven't quite lived down my decisions about buying a new 1972 Buick Apollo, which we had agreed to do. But surprising Jan with a brilliant orange one provoked a lot more discussion than I anticipated. I guess we all live and learn as we build an egalitarian relationship. A television reporter asked a couple who were celebrating their 75th anniversary to share how they had stayed together so long. With a twinkle in her eye, the woman said, I've learned to always let him have my way. That's so cute, and I laughed so hard when I heard it. But honestly, it's not the best philosophy in marriage. We don't want to manipulate the other person to have our way. Instead, the real way to an enduring relationship is to learn to have it our way. So as I tape this episode, I'm astounded that 50 years of marriage have passed. I can catalog the years, but the treasure of experiences is beyond measure. I think you can walk a similar path if you'll pay attention to each other, use daily rituals to keep priorities in line, and share the load. So, here's to all the years ahead on your journey. Best wishes. Thanks for being a part of the Tracks for the Journey community today. You can connect with more helps for your well-being on my website, tracksforthejourney.com. That's all one word, Tracks for the Journey. You can read the blog, order the books, or connect to this podcast. And a link to the full transcript is on my website. I invite you to follow the Facebook page also, which is entitled Tracks for the Journey. You can email me with the address trackspodcast at mail.com. Tracks for the Journey is produced at the Bright Star Studio, all rights reserved. Hosting is by buzzsprout.com and music from epidemicsound.com. 
I hope you'll join me again for the next episode in just a couple of weeks. Blessings on your journey to well-being.